0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yeslike Rockadopolis.
1: And I'm Lance Rockadopolis.
0: And today, we're going to talk about our previous experiences with polyandry. So, I'm heterosexual. I like the company of men on a regular basis. I like talking to men. I like snuggling with men. I love that warm, loving, masculine energy that some men naturally exude. Lance has a ton of it. I like penises in general. PIV sex is really just okay, but there are so many other things you can do with a penis. Of course, they're very easy to torture. They're also very easy to please. They are a great tool for controlling men in the right context and this fact is well known around the world. Consensually, of course, all of this is very consensual.
1: Yes, I can confirm that all the testicle grabbing and squeezing nails on the glands and the occasional swift kick to the bullocks is all welcome. But I'm having a hard time understanding when you say that PIV is just okay, is it is it the company of men that you enjoy more than intercourse?
0: I, I mean, well, I just find PIV sex to not be very interesting, right? <laughs> it's just not something that I've ever found particularly pleasurable. It's not unpleasurable, and I like doing it for you.
1: Right. What I like about it is it's one of the most intimate acts one human can do for or with another so
0: says you right there are but meanwhile I also like bossing men around I'm also a dominant and I like bossing men around I love it when they happily obey my commands which is of course why I like submissive men in particular before I entered the kink world in my 40s I had dated pretty extensively, first in my early 20s and then in my early 40s, but these were all vanilla dates. So they were all, every one of them, doomed to failure in the long run. Not the men themselves. The men themselves weren't necessarily the problem, but my relationships with them were For obvious reasons that I didn't actually know at the time. I mean, deep down, I must have known it.
1: Hmm. So is it the differences in men in general that are interesting to you? That they have interesting life stories?
0: That's another good question. Um, I do like a variety of different types of men, I guess. Not that a human is really a type, but... But, you know, they do have different gifts to bring to a relationship, just like women do. But, I mean, there is a particular type of butch lesbian that definitely hits me where it counts. <laughs> <laughs> there was one at the the laundry. at There was one at the cleaners a couple of weeks ago who we both found rather attractive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she had an intense look about her.
0: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to... Get to know her a little better.
0: (laughs) She'd be fun to have around at least.
1: Uh What are the qualities of men that, that you look for in another slave husband who is someone who could bring a lot to the relationship?
0: So first of all, he has to be submissive, very submissive. Submissiveness really is the first and most important thing I look for. I'm never going back to vanilla, and it's extremely unlikely that I would ever want to be with a dominant man or a switch. Like, I, I need purity. I need the purity of this submission. <laughs> switches are almost worse, you know? But anyway, never mind about that.
1: It's, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, to paraphrase my criminally insane middle schoolers of yore, switches are bitches who get stitches and wind up in ditches. Not really, of course. No, no worries.
1: So you're looking for a a gold star submissive right <laughs> Have you ever heard the term gold star lesbian a one who has never been with a man right <laughs> so you're looking for a quote true submissive
0: right a gold star submissive right um who's never who domed. never dommed yes exactly um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but what else would you be looking for in a man?
0: I mean, ideally he would be well-traveled, he reads a lot, he's open and honest, game obviously for a lot of things, deep feeling, kind, and I like my own personal growth from interacting with men. I like learning new perspectives from men. It's good to learn about aspects of life that men experience that a lot of women don't experience. It's often a great learning experience to be exposed to different perspectives on sex and politics and aesthetics.
1: Mm, This is interesting because it's not so much that you're interested in finding out what pleases them. It's more about that you are interested in their ideas about sex. You've always said that you've always been interested more in ideas than like. (laughs) piv sex right than the actual act
0: right and i mean by interested in it's really that it ideas turn me on it's kind of a sapiosexual thing and we've talked about that a fair amount regardless um i wouldn't really be able to respond to your question anyway because i'm fine because in this moment i'm finding the word please feeling very off-putting like how some people hate the word moist if I were a sex worker I might be more focused on the sex part on the other hand to say that I don't like pleasing men sexually or otherwise isn't quite accurate either for example if I'm not pleasing you sexually why is your dick hard all the time?
1: <laughs> it's hard all the time. That's, that's a very great compliment to give a man, but um <laughs> I might have sex on the brain for the obvious fact that I'm in chastity for most of the week. <laughs> so
0: Of course, and of course you're not hard when you're in chastity. Only when I take you out. And then I also really like a challenge. First, there's the challenge of finding and enticing men into a relationship that is highly unbalanced and arguably unfair. Then there's the challenge of doming them, keeping them in line.
1: That to me is the biggest headache that that I would never, and why I would never consider being a dom. I'd have to ask myself, if I were in your position, what are the benefits of having multiple husbands? And do those benefits outweigh the very strong negatives? I can see just based on a few episodes of big love and polyamory, married and dating, what a pain in the ass and emotionally draining it would be caring for multiple spouses.
0: Yeah, I think emotional stamina is definitely needed and goals the older I get, the more I realize how important goals are to keep people on on track or to keep people out of mischief, like myself. Goals can really regulate one's life. And it's not necessarily other people's goals, right? Like at a job where you have to like meet all of the goals that the job requires. But like having one's own goals is very satisfying and very helpful in leading a productive, rich life. And in our experience, goals, especially shared goals, can really generate a lot of energy in Mm. relationships.
1: But when I'm talking about how much of a pain in the ass it would be, I'm thinking as head of household, you need to facilitate and help us, um, the male husbands, help us work through all the differences of opinions, all the jealousies, jealousies of time pri- primarily and like different conflicts. I don't know. Do you see it as entertaining <laughs> in a sense? Like it's why some people watch those crazy reality shows they live on seeing other people's drama.
0: No, I don't think that that would be a problem for me. And I don't, see that much drama in the show Big Love. Big Love was actually a real revelation for me, because it's very wholesome. And everyone's getting along most of the time, like they have these little skirmishes occasionally. But the real drama in the show is the fundamentalist Mormons, and the criminality that they accidentally get involved in and are trying to stay away from. And there's actually intergenerational family issues that happened, like with the main character's dad who kicked him out of the house because that's what Mormons were doing to men so that the older men could keep all the women to themselves. So in that particular show, it's actually a really highly functional family with a few blips here and there.
1: But is it realistic?
0: I, I have no idea, really. I've never experienced fundamentalist Mormonism myself.
1: Yeah, but what about that other show with your from
0: high school right yeah polyamory that's polyamory that's not polyandry
1: they were constantly dealing with jealousies and conflicts
0: true but they were not practicing bdsm there was no dominance and submission in any of the relationships that were on that series and some of the couples were doing polyamory and they were having struggles but in my friend's pod, it wasn't that. It wasn't nearly as conflictual as the other ones. And it might be because they were all older in that pod. Like in the other ones, they were in their 20s and early 30s. And in the one with my friend, Jennifer Gold, she's a, she's a celebrity now. They had it much more together. I felt like they had to manufacture minor conflicts to, to try to keep their story going. Mostly, their story was just about introducing new people in successfully. Another reason why I am interested in polyandry is because I need a crew. I've had a long-time goal of sailing around the world, and as soon as my offspring is off to college, which is going to be pretty soon, I will start working on making that happen. But... The idea of chartering someone else's boat and sharing, re- or you know, or going on a cruise, sharing relatively tight quarters with a hired crew, doesn't seem like a good idea. Asp- I mean, where are we going to put the the um, bondage cross? Where are we going to put the bondage cross? Where are we going to put the spanking bench?
1: <clears throat> on a sailboat, I would envision <laughs> slaves being tied to the mast and.
0: That would get boring after a while, though.
1: You know, encouraging a boost in morale through severe whippings.
0: But anyway, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might remember some of our previous experiences with polyandry, which I've tried to talk about with equanimity and fairness to the prospects, the former prospects. So here's a recap of our previous experiences with polyandry over the last six years or so. So polyandry prospect number one, he was obsessed with his past trauma, mostly childhood trauma.
1: And and admittedly, it it was pretty severe.
0: Yeah, but he loved to talk about it. The real problem, though, was that he wasn't actually interested in TPE. Remember, he was the first one that we tried with, and I wasn't quite clear in my own mind, maybe, about what I was looking for. Because he had basically said on his Life profile that there were certain things he wasn't going to do, and I just glossed over that. So that was my bad, really, with him.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so... In general, as a person, I thought he was rude and self-absorbed. And again, I would say he was not really a submissive. I know not even I, a submissive. Yeah I, yeah, I know you disagree with that assessment, but he had his own goals and he was, wasn't going to deviate from them. He, it was definitely not aligned with your goals.
0: Right. He definitely wasn't a slave type. The upsides of that experience, though, were that I did get to have my first threesome with this guy and Lance. It was very, very awkward, but it happened. I also learned that I would not delude myself again about the need for TPE. Lance didn't like him at all, but he did put up with him and accepted all of my commands to do whatever I told him to do with this guy. So the second prospect was... Newly divorced, new to kink, looking for experience. He was also a brilliant classical guitarist. He played the guitar for us a couple of times. The first time was just mind-blowing. I'd never heard anything like that. Do you remember that?
1: Mm-hmm. It was very good. We were <laughs> we didn't want him to stop.
0: Um, the second time, he was very drunk and couldn't play at all. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. He definitely had an addictive personality. He was a decent person, not super interesting, though. He was kind of had a blank affect a lot of the time, but also very game sexually. He had like maybe a month or so before we met, he drove for Lyft and he picked up either a crossdresser or a trans woman And they ended up um, going to a motel instead Mm -hmm. of going to the location he was supposed to take him to. And um, the guy blew him and he blew the guy. And I think that that is what ended up taking him to uh, FetLife.
1: Yeah, I liked him as a person. Like me, he was a bit reserved and he didn't open up too much about himself.
0: He actually did with me. I mean, he talked about his addictions and he talked about his marriage, but he still seemed boring. He just, he didn't have a spark. He didn't have the kind of spark that I look for, I guess. So he bailed after a couple of months. But the first time I put the cage on and he admitted for the first time that he had had another woman that he wanted to continue sleeping with who happened to live in Alabama. So that was kind of a weird way of breaking up with someone. But we did have our second threesome with him. And it went much better than the one with the trauma dude.
1: Yes, I remember you got a really great photo of us having fun.
0: Yeah. So the third one was tough. I really, really liked this man, and I continued to like him for like a year after it ended until he turned into a narcissistic prick. Actually, we had a fair amount of our post-breakup debriefing on Life itself for all to see. It was a long-distance thing, but he completed all of his tasks. We met every weekday morning for two months, and... I was really smitten with him, you know, and then one day in the middle of January, he said out of the blue that he didn't want to do it anymore. No explanation, just bye-bye. And that really hurt, which you might not think could happen with an online long distance situation, but it did. We were Facebook friends after that for a while And then about a year later, we were chatting in Messenger, and he started telling me about his new dom and how they were getting married. They lived about a thousand miles apart, and she currently lets him play with other doms in his area, Jersey doms. I can't even imagine why any dom would let their sub do that, but whatever. And then he started updating me about his progress with that Dom, which was ridiculous. And so eventually I just got sick of it and I told him off and blocked him for good. But I am actually pretty happy about that experience. After a long, shitty marriage and quite a few shorter relationships, It was really good to know that I can still feel strong emotions from the end of a relationship. Like none of the others were really that meaningful to me apparently because I didn't mourn them particularly. But this guy I really did. And when hearing from him again a, a year later happened, it kind of brought all of that back.
1: The impression that I got from number three was that he was willing to do submission Only on his terms. He seemed to me like uh, very much an inexperienced do-me sub. Hmm.
0: Okay, so the fourth guy was good-looking and very charismatic and local. We had a great initial coffee meet, during which I asked him repeatedly if he was sure he wanted to do 24-7 TPE, and he repeatedly answered, that he absolutely was sure that he did want it. After the coffee meet, we chatted every morning for a week, and he completed all of his early morning tasks. But then, at the end of that week, when it came time to have a play session, he bailed completely on the relationship two hours before we were supposed to do the play session.
1: You said he was younger, right?
0: In early 40s.
1: Yeah, that kind of supports your assertion that, The younger generation only wants to have relationships online. Anything real is problematic for them. But that's only a speculation on my part as to why he didn't want to continue the relationship.
0: I mean, I think you can, one could expect more from a 40 year old. On the other hand, I think that kind of obnoxious behavior is ageless. (laughs) (laughs) He was a millennial, but the millennials, you know, have grown up and become much more uh, palatable in general. He certainly seemed like a mature, thoughtful, reliable man. But PPE is a major commitment. Maybe it was the thought of that commitment that ultimately scared him away. Okay, number five, not communicative at all, showed no interest in learning anything about me. He did mention some significant childhood trauma, He did agree to 24-7 TPE, but never completed the first simple tasks that I assigned to all of my subs. Eventually, he admitted that he was really just looking for a very hard beating, and that was that. So there have been other prospects in between that I barely remember, including a few guys I hesitate to call men who were much younger than me. A few of them were sincere, but I'm always thinking like, with the young ones, they wouldn't be able to start a family with kids of their own. And so it'd be taking up a lot of their life when they could have benefited from having all kinds of different experiences with all different kinds of people. But actually, and I just thought of this. There's a lot of talk these days about young people not being interested in relationships or even sex. Just today, I read an article about this on Fox News, actually, and people talk about it all the time on YouTube. So it is conceivable that this trend could be to my advantage. I mean, if they really don't want to have a traditional family, well, why not? devote your life to um, a sadistic dom, a sadistic (laughs) master. That does feel kind of predatory on my part, but it might be worth thinking about some more, maybe trying out. So this concludes today's discussion. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, have a great week. ¶¶